Welcome back to the Turn on the Music podcast. This is episode eight, and we are going to be talking a little bit about uh, Ava Cassidy again. Um, we found some more information, and actually, I found some information. I didn't tell you about this, but um, I I found it. Well, first, before I, <laughs> Jesus Christ, no, keep going. This is fantastic, no, guys. No. He's so used to talking to me. <laughs> That he doesn't need to introduce me anymore, yeah. and I'm okay with that. So, um, yeah, yeah so I'm here. Up. CJ is just here. CJ is here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with me as always is CJ, and uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about Ava Cassidy again, and a little bit about Chuck Brown. Um, I think right. We gotta have a yeah some little information on Chuck Brown, and then we'll have some information, more information on Ava Cassidy, a little more history, I think. Yeah, and I. I when I was talking about um, the the episode that we did with Ava, Ava um, I said something that was that was wrong, and I found out afterwards that I was wrong. So the um, the concert that that we were talking about the um, the live at Blues Alley um, album, uh, she did not know she had cancer before she did that concert. I thought she had, she knew, but she did not. Right. So um, it happened after that. And I, I think you probably have more information because I know you didn't. You've been digging into her a little bit more. I, well, what happened was I was digging into Chuck Brown, and there's information about him, but there was more on Ava. And not that it, I didn't want to speak about Chuck Brown, but I wanted to. I, the fact that we found more, I found more in Ava Cassidy. I thought it'd be more interesting to to share more about that. And you know, Chuck Brown kind of kept himself like on the sidelines with with what mm-hmm. he was doing. But we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we we mentioned um, back when we were uh, interviewing uh, Nikki, uh, I mentioned uh, Hannah Wickland. So we're going to talk a little bit about Hannah tonight as well. Um, The downside to Hannah is because she is so new, there isn't a tremendous amount of information about her. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about her. We're going to share some more of her music. um, And then we'll kind of go from there and see what happens. So how was your week, sir? My week was, uh, we're getting to busy season at work. So my week was, by Tuesday, it was a week. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and um, I, I, the same thing's going to happen this week. And it is what it is, you know. The yeah. next the next three months are going to be very busy for us. Uh, not just yeah. me, my everybody that I work with. It's just going to be a very busy Yeah, it's a, the end of the school year, that kind of wrap up. Yeah, and then the the you know with everything going with the and then having to prepare for the new year and you right, know that's done right. at a certain time frame. So yeah, it'll be uh it'll be interesting, but yeah, I, I this is my third time doing it and I started in the pandemic, so I feel like I kind of get a I have a little bit of a idea of what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it it might even change because I mean the pandemic is different now, so who knows? I yeah, change. it'll be interesting what to see how it changes. Yeah. Yeah, my friend was a is a teacher, and she's been remote the last two years. And they announced this year that there's no more remote positions, so right. they're going back full at this point. Right, but uh, each state is handling things a little bit differently in how they're gonna uh, what they want and what they right. want this district right. Sandra. And I, I and it, it some of the districts are in limbo because they don't know yeah. what is yeah. coming up or what they're looking for. So it's like, how do you prepare for what you don't know what you need? Right, and Which, and like things things around the world to keep changing. Yeah. And I I placed an order for headphones uh, back in January. They were supposed to ship in March, and the week they were supposed to ship, uh, China shut down again. So it's right. like. You know, now I'm I'm in limbo with that order. I don't know if I'm ever going to get them. Who knows? Right? No, it's it's but, it's crazy. But otherwise, yeah. you know, not not you know, it's going to be busy. It's, it has been too bad. How about yourself? How was your uh, how was your week? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, I, I wasn't sure I was going to share this story, but I figured you know why not? I'll I'll share it. 
Um, I had kind of a mild panic attack this morning, which was uh, really? I've never, I haven't had it this bad in a long, long time. Um, and and I'll be honest, part of it was um, a, one of my friends, co- a coworker of my friend, his grandmother died, and that kind of weighed on me a little bit. Um, and then um, I slept really poorly last night. Um, thankfully, I made an appointment to get my sleep looked at, but they're so booked out. I don't have an appointment until August. So that's crazy. Um, so it was, you know, it was, it was a crazy night's sleep. I, I ended up sleeping on the couch. Just like I couldn't get comfortable in the bed, and I just yeah. I don't know. I feel more comfortable on the couch or even the floor sometimes. So um, and then I was I was at church this morning, and I don't know what it was, but I was like, yeah, I need to go home. So I just left and went home. So. It, it's um, panic attacks. I took a nap. On, like, yeah. Like, yeah. So randomly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll be honest. Like I've I have not been doing a very good job of meditating recently. And I'm sure that weighs into it. Um, and the fact of lack of sleep and the whole, you know, death of my coworkers, grandmother, that all just kind of rolled up into one. And I just kind of went, Ooh, yeah, need to take a break here. So, well, because we put a lot did. we put a lot at, at bay to get through the day and the week. Yep. Um, and then it escalates to a point where something big happens. It kind of like, I, I was feeling the same way with certain things on by like Thursday, Friday and every hour I was taking a moment where I like shut my laptop, looked away from the screen mm-hmm. and I breathed for like five minutes because it was just, it was, yeah. I mean, I didn't have what you were dealing with in the sense of a death, you know, through, you mm-hmm. know, no, but it's still, you just, I get it. It happens. Yep. So in that case, what, 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 were you listening to this week? Were you listening to anything? I interesting? am still stuck on Nickel Creek. Um, I just I, I can't turn them off. Um, I'm gonna try this week. I want to s- explore um, their other projects. I like like the the Watkins Family Hour. Yeah. Um, Chris Steely's got a, a several other group. I think it's what Punch Brunk, Punch Drunk Brothers. I think is one of them. He's um, impressive too. Like he is impressive. unbelievable. He is an amazing I, mandolin player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to start looking into those other groups. Um, but you know, it's, it's funny cause like, so when I started this job, I, I got stuck on barbershop and I had, um, the group is called the newfangled four and they do an arrangement of, um, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I had it stuck in my head for like six months <laughs> and like, and it was just like certain parts and like, that's what I have now. I have certain parts of nickel Creek. Like something that there's harmonies just stick in my head, and it's like I just gotta go listen to it again. So right, that's what I've been I've been doing, um, and I've been you know going through some more acoustic stuff. Um, one of my favorite acoustic covers um, is a, an Elton John song, but it's covered by a guy by the name of Miles Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna f- I forget the name of the group that he's in. It's gonna give me give me a second to think about it. But he covers uh, Elton John's song "Leave On" with acoustic guitar. Interesting. Um, and it's really really good. Um, and then the other one that I love that he does is, um, oh, I'm going to forget. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up because no, it, I'll, I'll stick it up. I'll stick, uh, you know, I'll, I'll play a little bit of it. Um, because it's just talking about, you know, vocal control. Um, he has got some amazing vocal control. And, um, and when you're putting stuff in the show notes, you need to put in a YouTube video you sent me of Nickel Creek. Um, the doing, Tiny Desk concert? Playing, no, no, no. They played like, oh, like a Britney wedding Sp- or whatever. And oh, they, yeah. The toxic. Britney Spears Toxic. Yeah. yeah so yeah. We'll, we'll throw that in the show notes because absolutely, that was a great... It, it, to play it over, you need to watch the video because yeah. the video plays it back there. Leaves are on the ground. Fall 
has come The blue sky is turning gray Like my love I tried to carry you And make you But it was Satch just shows you a little bit of his lower end range, but yeah. later on in the song, uh, here's a little bit more of you know when he takes it up into his upper register, which is Watch Over You. Um, the, the group that he sings is, is, is called Alter Bridge. Um, and then he's done stuff. Have you, have you ever heard um, Disturbed do Sound of Silence? One of my favorite covers that I've heard of that song. He comes on. There's a, a couple of videos where he comes on and sings the upper part of Sound of Silence. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's so, some of these voices that are in, out there are just yeah. impressive and and. You know, I will talk about more about the social media aspect with when we get into Hannah Wickland because I think that plays a huge yep. factor. But uh, who any, anybody else? Anything different or just no? That's the, just those. Those. Uh, what about you? So uh, I was listening to Chuck Brown, but I, 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 you know, Chuck Brown did a lot of standards. You know, he did a lot of the yeah, standards. Yeah. He's very into the standards, which is very cool because and so was, did Ava Cassidy, right? Like, and that's he was a lot the, of what she did. But he was the Godfather of Gogo, which I thought was hysterical because. I'm expecting more like funk and go-go music, and he does some great standards. Like he, he mm-hmm. his stuff is great. But I've been um, listening a lot to uh, Modest Yahoo, who okay. if, if, I don't know if you've ever listened to him, but yep. mm-hmm. one of his albums that he does, Light, I think is fantastic. And there's a song on there called One Day that I think is brilliant, mm-hmm. um, which I could play that. And then I've been listening to MC Yogi. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. No, but he has a few albums out. Uh, I'm a fan of his. I was introduced to him by an ex-girlfriend. We just, you know, we were talking about music. We we're talking about all that stuff, and she recommended, you know, let me listen to, you know, listen to MC Yogi. And the album she introduced me to was the. Uh, uh, it was called Elephant Power. So it, it, it's a lot of uh, plays on. Um, I miss Hindu, like that type of stuff. Like, you know, it's very, very pretty, but very like upbeat music stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But he has a, an album out that I think has some really great songs on it called only love is real. And actually the title song on there, I think is fantastic song too. So actually let me do this. I will bring up, I'm going to play, let me share my audio with you and I'm going to play um, like just, Yes, I'm stopping your screen share. Deal with it. <laughs> I forgot I was sharing. No, it's okay. Just let you know. And I was actually just thinking, did I share with that whole time when I was playing Miles Kennedy? 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. And, so you did hear. So I know, I heard it good. So I'm going to play, uh, a, uh, you know, a little bit of One Day, um, but I, I'm a fan. And here we go. Sometimes I lay under the moon. I thank God I'm breathing. And I pray, don't take me soon. Cause I am here for a reason. Sometimes in my tears I drown. But I never let it get me down. So when negativity surrounds, I know someday it'll all turn around because I, I think that. Uh, this album is so great. This song is fantastic. I mean, I think it's very poignant to this time period with everything that's going mm-hmm. on in the world. And yeah. um, I I never would have listened to him before, but my brother brought him up. Uh, he does a lot of reggae. And he's getting more into alternative. But a little side story. My music teacher back in high school, who unfortunately passed a few years ago, his son got... Modest Hot Yahoo started. He was one of the producers. Really? His, I had no wow. idea. And I was talking. Is that Larry Sobel? Yeah. La- oh, yeah. Sorry. You know Larry Sobel. Right. I, right. I do know Larry. So one yeah. of his sons helped with one, like, with some of his f- first few albums. And mm-hmm. we were sitting at dinner at one of these things. And I was talking to him about it. He's like, oh, yeah, my son is. I was like, are you serious? You know, so, so it was just. I, I, so then I just started listening to him. And I heard him live once because he played at some festival that my brother's band was playing at. So I happened to hear him live and stuff. So I really, uh, you know, I get into it and, and, you know, something completely off of what I normally listen to. But I, I was introduced to it. And I loved it. I'm going to also yeah. play Only Love Is Real, the title track from the MC Yogi song. Um, the, he, he's like a, he's a DJ, but he's an MC and he's a singer. So it's kind of a mixture of everything. But I'm going to play uh, a little bit of that too. Only through direct knowledge can the mind be polished. Some things in this life said you just can't learn in college. Spiritualism above materialism. Every time I breathe and receive the miracle given. Listen, everything is not what it seems. Clean the screen and you'll see a solid dream. Light shimmers on the surface, which makes it all seem like we're separate. But look a little deeper, we're connected. Check it. Look a little deeper, we're connected. Check it. He's the second voice that comes in on that, but I just, you know, I that first album, you know, the Elephant Power that I was introduced to, and it kind of led into everything else that he does. And on this album, mm-hmm. he uh, collaborates with a few artists, some, you know, some well-known artists and stuff like that. So just a different change of pace from Nickel Creek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's kind of what I've been sitting on. I've been uh, nice. bouncing between those two, but uh, the whole, it, it was it needed something a little more upbeat, but also something that had some really cool, you know, words behind it. Yeah. yeah. And th- I, th- that, that last one reminded me of another one that I, I listened to a little bit this week. Um, Yoshi Horikawa. Um, name sounds I, familiar, but I don't know. I, I think that this guy is this this album in particular is used for like testing speakers and headphones and stuff. Okay, that's kind of how I found it. I was listen, I was going through you know Reddit and looking through some some guy who built this new little sound system and he used this album to test out um, uh, his his new setup. So the the, the cool thing is um, he uses what sounds like um, like organic sounds and then 
like puts melodies behind them. So like there's one where like he's like walking through a forest and like there's like the the birds chirping, but he like samples the chirping so he gets a rhythm out of it and then he you know weaves melodies into it. So it's kind of neat to hear like how it's, it's kind of like we were talking about like how music is everywhere, you right. know. And he kind of does that. It's really really kind of cool. That's very cool. So. I, I, I think cool. I, I was gonna think about playing it, but I think maybe we, maybe I'll pull a pull a whole episode and yeah, maybe well, we can link it to like the Victor Wooten book. I think I think it's that kind of would be cool. Yeah, I've introduced so. a couple of people to the book recently. With MC Yogi, he actually does a song with Modest Yahoo. I forgot to mention. That's what mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, to say. Um, the uh, the heaven is here, and to your bringing up the gentleman Yoshi. I don't know if I shared this with you and I'm doing a little research on it. I want to connect with the gentleman, see if he'll reach out. There's a gentleman, a follow on Instagram who uses plants to make music. So what he does, he clips these, these, uh, I don't know what he's clipping onto them, but he's clipping, uh, he clips them with, with a wire that goes into a, a board and it's like a, a whole board that he wires everything out and he starts creating samples and beats based upon what they're doing organically, their vibration and all right. that stuff. And he has albums out of, pl- it's called plant music. And I, I, I want to reach out to him. I want, I, I want, I'm curious if he would be interested in chatting. Cause you know, he's, I don't know. I don't know if he's in a different country, but I think someone even put him up to possibly get nominated for a Grammy and he denied it. Like he backed, like he was that humbled. Like he was like, thank you guys for thinking I should do this, but I, I, I don't feel that that's where I should be and blah, 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 whatever he said. So it's just very interesting going to your point where we said music is everywhere and mm-hmm. how a Yoshi, you know, would go through the walk for a walk, whereas he's actually attaching himself to plants. So it's just, it's very interesting how, it is it is everywhere in the midst of me talking i see you've been uh you've been taking some swigs of uh bottles that one of the the bottles you bought from that store yep yep this is um the cream soda version this is vanilla caramel Mm. that sounds delicious actually it has real creme brulee flavor yeah guys he hasn't sent me a care package yet of any of this stuff so just let you know how our relationship really is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, when you come out here, we're going to go to Jungle Gyms and we're going to go to get... Yeah, but that means I got to wait like a year before I can get out there. I'm hoping I can do it sooner, but All right, we'll it, see. Make me a list and I will get you whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> so, I, again, we're, we'll have all that stuff in, in the show notes. Um, you know, if you are modest Yahoo fans, you know, I, you'll know the album. Uh, I hope you look into his other stuff and, you know, MC Yogi, I think is great and... You know, I want to check out some of the stuff that you were mentioning, Kyle, with, uh, yep. and I want to dive deeper into Nickel Creek myself after some of the stuff you sent me this week. Mm. Cool. So I don't have anything so, to drink. I don't have anything special, so I don't have anything to share on that end. That's a bummer. I know. I know it is a bummer. All right. Well, uh, let's get into, into your stuff that you were okay. researching this week. Yes. Yeah, so uh, a lot of the stuff that I have is basically going to be me, me reading off of some of the articles and stuff, but I think it's easier to just read the words that have been already written than to try to rewrite them into my wording. That even a good That's sentence. That's a lot of words. Yeah, it's a lot of words. There's more if you scroll down <laughs> yeah, the whole other end. But it, it I, I may be able to skip through it as I'm reading, but I took out the stuff that I didn't feel we ne- needed. Like yeah. I kind of said. So just a little background on Chuck Brown, and this is actually straight off of his website. Um, so it's right off the bio. I just took out some parts that I thought would be 
important to see. So as we said that he was the godfather of Go-Go. Chuck Brown is the undisputed sole founder and creator of Go-Go music, a hypnotically danceable genre deeply rooted in funk and soul that he developed in the early 70s. And the only form of expressive culture to originate in the District of Columbia, which is very cool. It comes out of Washington, D.C. Yeah, which is what I was going to mention. Just a reminder for everyone. That's where Ava's from as well. That's where most of her stuff yes. was. So yes. they're all in the same little area. Yeah, yeah. That That's what's so interesting about what came about over here. And and you're going to see there's something written in his bio. like So this is foreshadowing rap and many of the major popular R&B styles of the past three decades, Chuck's signature style earned him a place in American musical royalty. This esteem was maintained by the reputation of his legendary live shows and his live recordings. He's, he's good live. Like from what I heard, like, yeah, I would, it would be cool to, you know, to see that. But, um, and because he, he, they state that he's very big on getting the audience participating and, Mm-hmm. To call and response, so his shows can go on forever because he gets the audience in, in, in it. Yeah, and that's that's very typical of of you know R and B and soul and funk. Right, and stuff. right, that's very right. very typical. So yeah, while searching for a sound to call his own in the 1960s, Chucks was deeply inspired by artists like James Brown. He latched onto the Latin percussion groove from the band he played with at the time, Los Latinos. Combining this with his roots, his love of blues, jazz, gospel, soul, and African rhythms, Chuck began to develop his own unique sound. Starting out playing uh, playing Top 40, Brown would break it down between songs with percussion and audience call and response and keep the music going and the dance floor packed. So I was like, all right, that's cool. That's a really cool thing to kind of give a little background to Chuck Brown. Then I read a little further in his bio. After a string of live recordings, he met the time, ta- uh, met a, at the time an undiscovered shy talent by the name of Ava Cassidy in the early 90s. This is right in his bio, which I think wow. was impressive. Yeah. His lifelong dream of singing with the lady, springing from his love of duets by the likes of Louis Armstrong with Ella Fitzgerald and Billy Eckstein with Sarah Vaughn, came to fruition with the critically acclaimed and worldwide release of The Other Side, which we did play some samples of mm-hmm. um, on the, the episode with Ava by Chuck Brown and Ava Cassidy, which contained the original recording of the worldwide Ava Cassidy hit Over the Rainbow. He dedicated a jazz standards album to Miss Cassidy after a tragic loss to cancer. What I thought was impressive is that his connection to her was so strong that it was strong enough to put it in his own bio. Mm. Like he talks about influences, but he doesn't, he's talking about an artist that inspired him. So I needed to find a little bit more information. I wanted to find out how they actually kind of met and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And so I, I just want to point out, just to give you guys a little more information, um, uh, Chuck Brown was born in 1936. Yes, thank you. I was going um, to... I don't know when he passed. Um, I don't or, think he... I think Is he still alive? I, I, so I didn't... Look, you know, it's funny. I should have looked at that, right? You know, I'm looking I right now. look at that. I was more impressed by some of the information I found about 2012 him. he died. Yeah, he passed in 2012. So like I said, it would have been... Cool to to have known this back in that day when I was yeah. going to concerts and he was still performing. But yeah, yeah. Um, but so this led me into trying to find more about his meeting with Ava Cassidy, and I found an article from 1998, March 9th, March eighth, 1998, uh, entitled "When Chuck Met Ava," and it's a Washington Post article by Jeffrey Jefferson Morley. I don't know many articles about this gentleman. I don't know what he writes. I don't know if he is a musician or if he wrote specifically about music. But I, the way he wrote the article was a very, like, short story meeting. It was embellished. 
there was a lot of information. So I kind of took out the points that I thought were very interesting. So they talk about how Chuck Brown and Chris Biondo was in the studio late at night. So that was some of that who, who was a producer. He did the recordings with him. Um, he's Biondo turned around to Chuck and he said this. He said, is the best thing I've ever heard. And he's holding up an audio cassette tape. What for is those that? Yes. Yeah, so for the lizards that are not aware, a cassette tape played music and you had to put it into a machine and you had to rewind it, fast forward it. It was hard to skip songs. And if yep. you're really into cassette tapes, you used to record songs off the radio mm-hmm. onto them. Yep. Well, at least I did. Yep. <laughs> I actually started my recording career using audio cassettes. Yep. Yep. And there, I still have type I still one, have. type two, and type four. <laughs> type four had, had had more uh, headroom, so you could you could have it louder, and you can convert it down to type one and type two because they were cheaper. Yeah. Yep. I know there are musicians out there and audio engineers out there or people that may be listening that know about recording have heard of cassette tapes. But for those of you who have not, um, that is what I grew up on. And I'm not afraid to admit that. And, and they were fantastic. And I'll tell you this, like when, when CDs came, there was there were these awful little adapters that would go from your CD player into your tape deck. And there was a wire that would stick out. Um, and connect to your your CD player, and that's how you listen to CDs in your car before before we right? had CD yes, players. Yes, in the car. yes, yes. Uh, you can still get them. You can still yep. get them. So, yep. uh, it's, um, he so he's he says he did not mention. Oh, no, that, that's the side thing. Um, uh, yeah, sure. Chuck answered, but he was willing to indulge his new friend. Like he didn't believe him. Like he didn't believe it was the best thing to say. So it moves on to say that he puts the tape in the deck and he says her name's Ava Cassidy and uh, Chuck goes is she any good and he goes just listen and he pushed the play button uh, and it goes on where it says from the master speakers in the corners of the studio a clear and brilliant voice started to flow they call it a stormy Monday by Tuesdays just as bad that sentence didn't make any sense to me but I think what they're that's, talking about that's is the lyric. song this yeah, is, yeah, the, yeah. The, the college yeah. story money, but Tuesday yeah, was just too bad. I, I didn't know when I read it. I read it so quickly the first time. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> I went back. I was like, oh, that's the lyric. Duh. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. No, it took me a moment to realize that. <laughs> I was more impressed that I got information about this. <laughs> so the song right out of the blues canon was the kind of number that bar bands do all the time. It was being sung with great power and knowing restraint by a singer who found her way straight to its emotional core, which I thought was interesting that they he, this was thing that he said because you said she didn't move much on stage so that's what i thought was interesting and it says the two men sipped as they uh, they were drinking of course uh, as the tape rolled on to another song when my soul is in the lost and found you came along to claim it aretha franklin had recorded the definitive version of you make me feel like a natural woman a quarter of a century earlier and so they go on they talk about more of the songs that they had uh, you know different like God Bless the Child, Bridge Over Trottle with Water, a folk tune called You Take My Breath Away. And Chuck, it just kind of took Chuck back. Like he was just kind of like, this is crazy. Yeah. And back to songs that he heard on the radio in the wintry mornings when he was getting ready to work at Fairmont Heights Elementary School, Baby It's Cold Outside. Like stuff like that. He spent his career as a self-described noisemaker revving up crowds of kids for all night parties, but he'd always longed to sing that kind of music, sophisticated, nuanced, adult. 
He also never told anyone for the fear they'd laugh out loud. But when Chuck heard Ava Cassidy that night in 1991, he started thinking maybe he could do th- he could sing those songs with her. So, and this that album, was, the album came out in '93. Yeah, with the yeah. Okay. So that caused us. So that guy, Biondo, was like that was kind of his idea was to kind of get them together, but you know he didn't expect it to happen. Right. Um. And then like after on like Chuck was asking to rewind the tape because he wanted to hear it. Mm. So. Moving forward, it talks more about Ava. It says, Ava Cassidy had the effect on more than a few people. She had a voice that could silence a bar room and get the pool players to lay down their cues. A voice... I lost my page. Uh, a voice that could invest all yep. kinds of American popular music with a true portion of herself. Pop singer Roberta Flack called her a master of a craft. Rock drummer Mick Fleetwood long to record with her jazz singer shirley horn simply said what a voice she also had a manner that drew people to her blunt insecure innocent and edgy in the same interesting places she lived and sang in ways that dispelled the obsessions race politics careerism that pervade the place where she was born she was indifferent to conventions of notion achievement she didn't open a checking account until she was in her late 20s she had several close female friends but her mother was the closest for all the insights she brought to the torch songs, intimate relationships with men gave her lit fits. She craved long walks, bike rides, sleepy towns, and junk food. So she's just this hometown girl. Mm-hmm. On perceived matters of principle, she would not compromise. Her talents, she was insecure to, debil- to a debil- debilitating degree, which you mentioned that she yep. was very insecure about herself. She was a blonde of Irish and German heritage, more than one musical music professional. So I thought this sentence was interesting, and, I, and that's why I, I wanted to bring this up. More than one music professional, Chuck Brown included, assumed mm. from hearing her tape that she was black, based upon wow. her voice. Wow. For all its evocative power, her singing was a technically perfect. She had to be taught how to snap her fingers on stage, which is very interesting. Like, like fam- I was saying, her stage presence was not like what right. You was would, yeah, she had to yeah. be taught. Yeah, yep. she was. Uh, she was a feminist with a particular loathing for sexual exploitation of women. She was for a while dependent on the men who produced, managed, and collaborated with her. Performing, performing scarred her. Singing sustained uh, her. Scared her. Scared her. Probably scar. You know. Yeah, probably a little bit. Both. You know, no, probably a little bit. Both. Thank yep. you. I was reading too quickly. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, checking out. Yep. Just moving on, it talks about how at nine years old she could draw. So she was a draw. She she was a sketcher and a painter, hmm. which to the other side of this, um, and she could sing folk and jazz standards that her father taught her. Her favorite album was Buffy St. Marie's. I'm gonna be a country girl again, right? And then the tall trees in Georgia. That song she sang for her parents on that album. Yep. And Ava would put the needle down in the grove, uh, the groove, and go off in her own world. This. Um, I'm trying to skip through some of the stuff. Then her father gave her an island string harmony guitar and taught her to play. She caught on quickly. And then her father assembled a family band at one point. Ava played guitar and sang. Her brother Danny played the fiddle and Hugh played the bass. So her father played the, the bass, the bass. He played a fish. I, I can't he played a fish. I can't <laughs> read. Wow. So uh, Ava and Danny performed at weddings and at the Wild World, the old amusement park um, near Bo- uh, Bowie. One time, Ava dropped her microphone and rolled off the stage as she burst into tears. So, like, she, like, stage performing was tough for her. Like you said, it scared her. Um, So the last paragraph that I kind of grabbed from this, we're going to link the article 
if you're interested to read the article, the article is very interesting. I just, it was just too much to read. But this yeah. part right here is what I thought was very interesting. About a week later, Chuck returned to mix some vocal tracks. He parked his white Lincoln in the driveway and was heading in when a woman came out of the studio, stopped him. Hi, she said. I'm Ava. Excuse me, Chuck said, not quite understanding. I'm Ava Cassidy. Chris played my tape for you. You're Chuck Brown. I've heard so much about you. Chuck stared at her, trying to connect the name and the voice. Wait a minute, he said. Come with me. He took her back into the studio, looking for Biondo. I'm hoping I'm saying his last name right. I think it is Biondo. Chris, he called out. This young lady just told me. Biondo was trying not to smile. The lady singing on the tape. This is the same person? Biondo acknowledged that it was. Chuck turned to Ava and extended his hand. I'm so glad to meet you. Soon Chuck and Ava were coming to the studio every week to record. He was drawn by her craftsmanship, her sly sense of humor, her lack of pretension, and most of all, by the sense of possibility that she'd lit the, the, the sense of possibility that she'd lit in him. As for Ava, she had found a fellow singer who wanted to do the classic American songs she loved and who might actually meet the impossibly high standards to which she held herself. That's that is singer that the singer had already won some renown didn't hurt either. So like he was already known. Uh, yeah. Just you know, the fact that someone like Chuck wanted to sing with her was great for her self-esteem beyond the said. She thought he was a singer of the caliber uh, he, she thought he was a singer of the caliber of Ray Charles and Ava was real big on Ray Charles for both of them. The studio was a refuge. So which mm. to me is huge because I'm a huge Ray Charles fan. Like I yeah. love him. He's one of I listened to when I was a kid when I was like before I was 10, I had tapes and CDs and whatever I could have was his. Mm -hmm. But that whole thing is just amazing how yeah. like it, they connected after he heard her. Mm -hmm. And then if a lot of his albums are standards, a lot of the more popular ones are standards. Right. Now, yeah. I'm sure back in the day they weren't. But just the idea of sharing a voice saying, hey, I got somebody for you. This is what I want. And it's just so sad because this is, they did this album mm -hmm. and then she did one other and then she passed. Yep. Right. She did one other album after right? I think yep. it was. <clears throat> well, I mean, there are, there are a couple others that were, I don't know, collections of, of her stuff, right. but yeah. Yeah. That mm. was, that was the thing that I thought was weird was that it was, um, it's a lot of studio recordings from what I read. Yeah. Their studio recordings that I guess were never edited or whatever, and they just try right. to get them out. But they make it. A lot of them are UK-based labels. Yes, I don't know why. Uh, I'm, but uh, I mean, if you remember, um, one of the one of the Ava Cassidy albums is available on DVD in the right. UK, right. and they posted that video on YouTube for for the folks here in the states. Right. So, so. I just had to share that information. I, I'm not going to go further into into Chuck Brown's history. Um, I think because he's, you know, the Godfather of Go Go and all that stuff. He's mm -hmm. he's already made his name. Um, I don't need to try to read stuff and mess up the reading again. <laughs> but I, I just felt it would very finding this. I thought was just very interesting to share yeah. how two complete like if it wasn't for that guy Chris Biondo, they would have never have met. Mm -hmm. We never would have gotten that album with them, which is a fantastic CD. You know, I think I think that the album that they did together is fantastic. So yeah, um, I that's all I got on it. So anything have to share, please do. If not, let's let's move on to Hannah Wickland. Or yeah, Wicklund. So is it Wicklund? 
I I don't know. Because it's L-U-N-D. It is L-U-N-D. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's Wick Lund. Wick Lund. So, yeah. Um, so, Hannah, I found, um, so as, as most of you know, uh, I use Rune, which is my uh, audio system in my house. So, it works kind of like, almost like Sonos um, in a way where you can have like remote speakers throughout your whole house. You can link them up, play all the same thing on one speaker, or on, on, on all, play the same song on all of your speakers throughout the house. Um, but there are forums, um, and some of them are, you know, nerdy forums. How do you set up this? You know, how do you do speaker placement? How do you do all this? But one of the ones that I follow quite regularly is uh, the, every month they do a, what we're listening to now. Um, so people just post screenshots of what they're listening to. I usually just scroll through them during the day and just to kind of get ideas of what other people are listening to. And the cool thing about it is there's just there's so much that's there. I mean, it's it's everything from like there was a guy uh, who who's into like harpsichord music and he posts like these the, the latest harpsichord releases. And I'm like, wow, like who knew that there were like harpsichord releases still? But you know, why, he's, why he's, wouldn't there be? Because harpsichords are hard to find. I'm not joking. I'm just joking. But no, I, I, that's really interesting, though. You know, and, and then you know, it's everything from that to like like death metal to you know, everything, hip hop, and so I it just I just kind of go. You know, they say don't don't judge a book by its cover, but I go, how does the album cover look? If it looks interesting, I'll you know look into it. So I found Hannah Wicklund that way, um, and. The album that I first found was um, a live uh, studio album. It's kind of a live. It was it was a like a web broadcast show, um, and this is on um, Spotify. It's on Kobas, um, so you can find it. And I played a little bit of it for you guys um, back when Chris was here. Uh, Chris, when Nikki was was here. <laughs> wow. Now I'm now we're. <laughs> no, that's fine. Who, who's uh, that? <laughs> So uh, it was Audio Tree was the recording. Um, it was a live, you know, webcast of that show, and they they put it out as a as an album. Um, and her band is called uh, the Stepping Stones. So it's Hannah Wickland and the Stepping Stones. So you can find her both ways. Um, sometimes if you search just her name, all of her stuff comes up. Um, but there isn't a lot of stuff out there because she is. Let me think. Let me do my math correctly. She is about twenty six. I think she's 26, yes. Um, but she's been a band leader since she was nine years old. Um, she started um, that young leading a band, um, which is crazy to me. But, um, yeah. Well, I, mean, she's, I mean, the way she plays, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so this is, I found an article back from 2018. In, in 2018, that would have made her, what, uh, 19? Um, right. So it says that she has played... Over two thousand shows. That's nuts. At nineteen. Now, you only found her through this rune. Yes. I'm assuming that she's picked up more because of social media. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to get into that right now, but yeah. I'm just I was curious. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the social media stuff um, and how yeah. she hates it. <laughs> what? But I'm sorry. Uh, she she doesn't really like it. She hates social media. In fact. Oh, okay. She, okay. There's, okay, there's right, a song about it, which we'll, we'll we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. You cut out for some reason. <laughs> Oh, uh, good old Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she is just so I, I told this story. I remember um, I don't remember what year this was. It had to have been. So I was at the hardware store. I started the hardware store in 98. It was probably early 2000s. Um, 
me and my buddy Charlie went to the Riverhead Blues Festival, and that's when I heard Joe Bonamassa for the first time. Right, and, and he, he was, was at, he was in his twenties, late twenties, I think. Yeah, you know, he's, and nobody he's not, knows who he was. Yeah, and right, like, right. And we just we just stood there. We were like, "Whoa, <laughs> this dude is amazing." Um, you know, and, I, and that show cost me twelve bucks, I think, and I still got to see like a whole bunch of other art, you know, groups. And now, like, he came to Cincinnati last year, and like, tickets were eighty five bucks to start, you know. Um, and he sold out the Vienna Opera House. He's sold out Carnegie Hall. I think Hannah is on the same level wavelength as him. Wow. Um, well, you know, I, I I could I could totally see that. Yeah, I got other vibes from her, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, like when when you're done talking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think that that just just the feel alone that she has at her age, you know, it's you know things like 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 BB King said it about Joe too. He's like, you know, yes, he can play all those fla- flashy runs, but he knows how to take like three or four notes and make you feel those three or four notes. Right, and that's what BB King was all about. And I think Hannah's the same way, you know, because I always. I always look at, you know, guitarists because, you know, there are so many guitarists out there. And there, I don't want to say there are a dime a dozen, but th- there are so many out there. It, it takes a lot to, I mean, just like saxophones, it takes a lot to impress me. Um, and there's a lot of ways you can hide on a guitar. You know, you just turn up your distortion and you've got, right. you know, you know kind of like on the piano. You hit that, you that, that sustain pedal and you can cover a lot of mistakes with that sustain pedal. Right. So I was like, all right, the first thing I usually do when I find a good guitarist that I like, I went, all right, I want to see something acoustic from you because you can't hide behind an acoustic guitar. Sure. Um, and I did. And she did um, during the, the pandemic um, for for bands in town. She did a full 30-minute session of her just doing acoustic stuff. It's There's nothing else. It's just her and a guitar. Um, and she does all of her stuff. And what's interesting is is – this goes back to Joe Bonavassa for me. Like when I first heard him, he was all about, you know, um, you know, electric stuff and it was all very distortion driven and, you know, flashy this and flashy that. And then he kind of got older and then started to experiment like with the same songs and coming out with like acoustic versions. Like mountain time was one of the big ones that I, I heard, you know, he did, you know, the, 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 the first version of mountain time is all electric and then all of a sudden he took the, this acoustic version and I saw him um, going back to, we were talking about the Paramount, where back before it was the Paramount, right. it was the IMAC theater. I saw yes. Joe, he did uh, Mountain Time Acoustic for the very first time that I heard it and it was slowed down. It was like a quarter of the speed and it was just, the, the way he changed that song to make it acoustic, like you can still play it fast, but like the way it translated it's just such a well-written song that it translates so well in so many different ways. It's almost like Bach, you know, like if you, right. you can play Bach on harpsichord or organ or this, right. and right. like Bailiff play on the banjo. Like, right, like yeah, exactly. That's when you know something is well-written, when it's when it can kind of transcend the instrument. It can kind of go, you know, beyond. Um, and I think Hannah's stuff does that. She doesn't write um, all of her stuff alone. She's a lot co-writes a lot of the stuff with other band members and other songwriters. Um but yeah, getting into the social media stuff, um, she was she wrote a song called um, "Shadow Boxes and Porcelain Faces." That's a great song, by the way. It's a great song. Yes. Um, uh, let's let's play a little bit of it. Uh, I played it for you and Nikki. Um, no, is... please play it again. Yeah, <laughs> where's Spotify? Uh, am I sharing my sound? I don't think I am. No, you may have to. Uh, 
if it's not working, let me know because I know it's working. All right, so let's play a little bit of Shadow Boxes and Porcelain Faces. Actually, you know what? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play it for me. non-explicit version <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> no <laughs> um but uh yeah so i mean how often do you hear so this was i mean i think she was 23 when she did this album so how often do you hear a 23 year old um say that social media is bad <laughs> right and that's and that's <laughs> what th- that's what threw me off about this whole thing with her because i went to go find her in social media just out of curiosity like it's mm-hmm. it was more of just an understanding of where she came from whatever and there wasn't much yeah like she's very she's doesn't post that often which i'm totally fine with like she doesn't have to be posting mm-hmm. every day but i'm assuming based upon how you found her that social media has helped her some way get out there because she's been out there right but we didn't know she was out there. Right. And like, so like this came from, from audio tree, which kind of like hooks up, you know, artists and then just does like live web shows for them. Kind of like, it's almost like a Twitch concert kind of a thing. Right. You know? Um, But I mean, she's, so she, in in that, in that actual um, show, she was talking about how um, she likes being off the grid. She's one of the best times of her life was she went to Cuba and her right. phone didn't work, so she had no she had no contact to anyone. She said it was one of the best experiences of her life, was getting out of the phone because it's it's such a, a a time suck for for us, you know. Um, and unfortunately, you know what 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 a lot of people don't understand is how these apps are designed to keep you sucked into the device. Right. And, you know, coming back to this this podcast, you know, uh, I went back to Facebook just because I have a lot of people who don't follow me on Instagram, who don't follow me on on Twitter and so I opened up my Facebook account which has been deactivated for and how long have you been deactivated from Facebook uh, at least two or three years oh it's been longer than that because yeah. I think I'm close to, I think I'm close to four now and you did it first no I'm no. pretty sure In 2018 well, that's four years is it four years well, it's 2022 now so oh my god it's 2022 <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, so, yeah, you're right. I'm, no, you're right. I'm it actually has been four years. Yeah, three years maybe. Because I did like, shortly I've, after you. But I completely deactivated right, it. Right. So like I, my so stuff have, is all like my stuff, quote unquote, is all gone. You know. Right. I I kept um I I, I talked to a few people through Messenger still. Um, I got a friend in in London who just moved there, and like that's the only way we communicate. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I opened it up and just like I, I was popping on before we did this, just to you know see how many people like saw the post about the podcast, and before I know it, forty five minutes was gone, and I was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> see, see, so anybody who's on Facebook who's listening to us, feel free to share amongst your friends on Facebook. Yes. I uh, I'm I like to stick with Instagram and Twitter, but I think mm-hmm. that uh, that allows it's it's weird because of the fact of social media. But I I like the um, even though they're becoming more complicated, I do like the simplicity of just like oh, it's a video, it's a film, done. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing more to it. Though the way it's growing because it is a Facebook owned program, Instagram, it's it, it's starting to get a a different feel to it though. It's still not Facebook. It's still right. not that social networking aspect mm-hmm. that's there. Um, but my vibe from her and, um, I was listening to her live album, mm-hmm. listen to her, her studio album. I totally have a Janis Joplin vibe. Janis oh, absolutely. Vibe. And it's, and, and that's one of her, one of her, um, one of her, um, one of the people she looks up to. I was going to ask you if you had that information because yeah, I was yeah. curious. Like her, even her look, she's got long curly hair mm-hmm. um, and, and just like some of these pictures that you see her on stage and it was just, and some of the way, she, the way she sings, like she doesn't have that raspy Janis Joplin voice, but you could tell she's channeling that in mm-hmm. some of her songs or most of her songs. And that was what got me. I'm a huge Janis Joplin fan. She may, you know, a lot of people, it was like indifferent, but she was just, she was a good singer, you know, it's yeah. yeah she, another one, you know, who's, who's gone too soon. Who's gone to, who was gone too soon. So, well, I can't read, I can't speak today. It's just, <laughs> it's really, I hope this doesn't mean that Monday is going to be a Monday, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So this is, this came from um, the masquerade just on the 10 track album, album Wicklin taps into the fury, loneliness ghost. She resurrects specters of Hendrix and Joplin uh, in the looking glass, um, her song looking glass. As well as power ballad intensity, so yeah, so Joplin's in there, Hendrix is in there. Um, it's just like she's just she's, mean, a, she's she's a very um she's go ahead. I'm gonna reword that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say she's she's just such a good player and such a good singer. You know, I mean, you're just going back to you know the shadow boxes and porcelain faces. Like the opening of that is so controlled. You know, it's it and it shows. You know, she's got, she's got pipes. You know, I mean, yeah. um, let me play a little bit of. Here's uh, this is called "Bomb Through the Breeze." Same show, um, but just to give you an idea.
sorry. I thought she was going to sing at the beginning. Uh, listen, that was just just hearing her play. Yeah. She's, yeah. She plays so dirty. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, oh, man. What I was going to say was that she's such a young talent. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and, and when you were talking about John Bonham, John Bonham, oh, my God. I really can't speak. Joe Bonamassa. I give you the power talking, to speak. I, 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 talking about him, about how he started so young and where he's yeah. come from, from yeah. starting where he was like 20 years ago. I can only imagine where she's going to be 20 years from now. Right. You know, like I still hope I'm standing five feet, eight inches tall over the ground so I can <laughs> listen to her play. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but her, her talent is so raw at this age and she's just going to get better. Yep. That's the yep. whole thing. She's just going to get better mm-hmm. and she's going to get more brilliant and she's going to be before. It's one of those things where like, you know, when the artist turns a certain age, whether it's 50 or 60, they change a little bit of what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. it's on a rare, uh, there's a rare occasion that you have artists that just keep rocking out until they can rock out no more. But yep. there are some artists that, get to a certain point. They're like, you know, I want to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. She's going to hit that. So before, before she hits 50, she's going to hit that yep. like at 35 or 40, she's <laughs> going to be doing things that you're going to be like, what? Like, yep. really? How mm-hmm. old are you? You know? <laughs> yep. And I think one of the things that like, just looking back on, you know, I think the only exception to this one is Amber Rubarth, but like looking at the people that we focused on so, so far, like, what they all have in common is that they started at a young age and they were right. fostered by their family right to have this sort of thing and and i mean i don't i didn't want to get to this you know in this episode but you know it leads me to think like like what are schools doing with like without music programs cuz like that's one of the first thing that they cut you know in school programs it's right. like you know what are we doing to our music because of right. all those cuts that go on and because there there are parents that are out there like like with the except like my so my my dad was a was a um an accordion player in a polka band before i before i was born i never actually heard him play um but like without that you know my mom just saying i want him to learn the piano like where would i be if i didn't have that right and it's and and it's one of those things where like it's for those kids that gravitate to that feeling And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really funny. Like my son, he's five years old and I I randomly I'll play musicians up on Apple Music just to see what he grooves to, what he gets into. Mm -hmm. He's loving Michael Jackson, which I think is hysterical. And I think it's great at the same time because I'm a huge fan Mm -hmm. of Michael Jackson. Always have been a huge fan of his music, you know, despite whatever he's ever dealt with. Just as a musician, I think he I like his stuff. Mm-hmm. So he'll ask to play and I'm just sitting here going and he'll try to dance to it and do whatever. And I, I, you know, if I, I'm not a sports person, I'm not saying I won't introduce him to sports, but the thing mm-hmm. is, is like, I'm heavily into music. I'm going to right. play music in front of him. And right. that's where his influence comes. If he gets older and he's like, Hey, listen, I want to play football. I want to play soccer and play baseball, whatever. That's cool. But mm-hmm. it, to your point, like, you know, that's, that's how he's learning from mm-hmm. from that and and it you're right if there's no program in place in the schools and that's the tough part especially in this day and age with the way digital it, that we're going digital with everything is i was just talking to somebody and they mentioned that their son is looking to be a music teacher the father's an art teacher and they're like you know 
talking to him about it. And I said, just to let you know, there's a lot of new companies out there that are working on digital distance learning programs for music lessons and stuff, you know, where the kids can still learn and have that interactivity with each other and all that stuff. And because even in music, they need to find a way to, because uh, what if something happens like this again, or you need to have remote or there's a, they start offering room or whatever the case may be. You don't want to deny anybody anything, but yes, right. It's sad and that the arts are the first thing that go when it comes mm -hmm. to budgets. And yeah. this is not a hit on sports. This is nothing against no, sports. It's just, you know, it's just sad that that happens. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you this. My sister um, is, she plays a lot of Irish music and she works for a, an Irish music school. And she does a lot of her teaching remotely because, right. like, how many how many people in Cincinnati want to learn how to play the boron? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. how many people in Cincinnati know what that is? Right, exactly. You know, a lot exactly. of people don't. Exactly. It's so. it's amazing. Um, and please, you know, as you listen to this, if you have any feedback or anything you're, you you want to share about music education please do you know i you know there was one year where my hometown they have a huge music department and there was one year where there was a potential to lose the music the the music uh, program right but because it was so big it was one of the first times i've ever seen a school not push aside the sports program but do whatever they could to save the music program as hard as they did and have the sports teams the because the coaches were so ingrained with the music the music teachers they knew each other so long having those two work together to make sure that the music program didn't go anywhere mm. and that's what it's all about that's what i'm talking about yeah. like that's what you can do like if you have all mm -hmm. that working together it can work because if the program went they would have lost the marching band and they would have mm -hmm. lost the pep band, the pep band. They right. would have lost all that stuff. Yep. You know, and and that was that's the thing. Like, I remember being in the marching band. I remember the program starting because we didn't have one when I went in. You know, and then getting to college and starting our pep band with the teacher in college, mm -hmm. and then singing the Star Spangled Banner and getting smacked in the butt by the coach for doing such a good job. <laughs> no, it was it was the guy was awesome. The coach was awesome, and it was really funny. Yeah. And, but you know what I'm saying? Like it was just. I wouldn't have worked so hard with the music teacher at the college to help the pep band if I didn't have the experience in high school to help get that running. You know what I'm saying? And and it's mm. it's it's so no, it's it's a good thing. And and you, where did she foster from? Like, was she introduced? She was nine years old. So nine years old puts you, um, like fourth, fifth, yeah, ish. So yep. most schools do fourth or fifth grade where they introduce kids to music. You choose a, So she chose guitar or her right. parents told her, hey, try guitar or something mm -hmm. gravitated to her because you're normally picking a woodwind or a mm -hmm. string instrument, not a string instrument like guitar normally. Um, right. Usually an orchestral piece, an orchestral instrument. And, um, you know, unless you're influenced to play piano by a family member or you played it in school, whatever the case may be. So it's like mm -hmm. recorders. A lot of people play recorders and they lead into playing flute or clarinet because of just that likeness of that instrument, you know? Yeah. And even with guitars, they didn't introduce guitars until middle school for me. I wish they would have introduced it sooner. 
Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it now. I same with me. Uh, middle school was in the first time we, that we had we had a class that we could take either guitar or piano in middle school. Right. right. So. It's it's yeah no it's a it, it, this could be a discussion that can go on forever and mm. it, you know you can say whatever you want to say but unfortunately there's also all those politics in the back end that we don't have control over and right you know we just need to be supportive of what is there to keep it going you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, so back to Hannah real quick, though, <laughs> I introduced her to one of my colleagues mm-hmm. and I said, you need to listen to her. I said, are you a Janis Joplin fan? And she said, I haven't listened to her in your stuff, but I love her. I'm like, then you're going to love her music. And uh, yeah, I haven't spoken to her yet about it. I don't know if she's listened to it. I'm going to see her in the next couple of days back at work. And I'm I'm hoping she had an opportunity to listen to it because her her. Husband does a podcast, music oriented, but a little bit more a, a different type of format. And um, oh, we should have a battle of podcasts with him. <laughs> He's got a great sense of humor. Oh my god, that'd be yeah. so much fun. Um, <laughs> I, I I I I bring that up just because. He's interviewing certain. He interviews a little bit of everything. He he does a focus on music, but he has like actors come in and all that stuff. Like so, um, so a lot of the stuff that he's brought up, I'm like, oh, we just talked about. Oh, we just you know, like it's just it's funny. So he brought up. Uh, he was interviewing somebody, and it was a bandmate. My my brother mentioned them. There was a a duo. Uh, I don't know if they're still performing, but they were called Bangladeshi the drummer that my brother plays with and the bass, a bass guitarist who is, who's deaf. They call themselves Bangladeshi and they played like this hardcore, like metal esque music. And I think they're phenomenal because there's only two of them. And uh, he was interviewing the bass guitarist. I'm like, I, I messaged him like, I know the guy. How do you know this guy? You know, it's just small world in music because if you really think about it, it is a small world. Uh, but Hannah is just, I cannot wait for her to put out more music. Yeah, and I'm excited now that things seem to be opening up, you know, pandemic-wise. I know she's going to be doing a lot more touring now. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to put her her website in the description. It's got links to all of her, <coughs> excuse me, all of her tour dates and stuff. Um, you know, the, the way these people are, are going to get bigger is if we go out and support them. Yeah, so. support them, stream their music. That's another way to do it, you know. Yeah. The more, yeah, it's funny, I had this conversation with my mom, and she goes, um, as you know, in the, in the past month or so, when we were talking about, my, we spoke to my brother a few episodes back, and he said that he released the cover of of Greece that he did, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, like a week or so after, him, I goes, "Did you buy a song? Did you buy a song?" And I said, "No, I stream it." She goes, "What do you mean?" <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I mean, she knows what I mean. She was, I was she was, it was just a funny conversation, but I said that if you stream his song or you stream the songs that he plays. Mm-hmm. He'll get more money out of it right. because you're not buying just the song. You're streaming it. So every time it streams, even though it might be a small percentage, he still gets something out of it. Mm-hmm. And I forget what group did this, but there was a group on Spotify that um, at the time that Spotify was kind of building things, they were they were trying to they were upset with how they were getting paid or whatever. So I don't know the whole logistic end of it. So they put out an album um, specifically for Spotify and they had their fans stream it and it was one of those things where you, they just had the, them stream it constantly like it was one of those things are like play it when you go to bed and just let it play all night long mm-hmm. you know and it, it, it kind of like beefed up everything it got their stuff you know but yeah stream it 
Yeah. But streaming music is a big deal. Like, so you may not be a streamer, but this is another way to get those artists more recognized. The more we play mm-hmm. their music, the more we listen to them, it, it hits, it helps them. And from personal experience, don't try to explain Spotify to your mother. <laughs> I'm still trying to explain that one too. <laughs> That's great. That's too funny. Um, yeah. Do you have more to add? Cause I want to bring up two musicians. Go for it. We don't have a lot. I don't have a lot on information on them, but I think I want to do some research on them a little bit more. Sure. And it's funny. It's funny. So whose line is it anyway? Mm-hmm. We've. I'm hoping that some of you out there know the show or, or have seen the show, whether it was back in the 80s when it was from the UK or back when Drew Carey did it or even the more recent iteration of it where Aisha Taylor was hosting it and Wayne Brady, Ryan Stiles, and um, Kyle Mockery were the more common. Well, they're always yeah. there because they produce it. There are two musicians that have been in the circuit since the Drew Carey version when it drew carry laura hall no, linda taylor and laura laura hall, hall and linda taylor laura, so ah, close yeah enough. very no no you're right so these two female musicians and i and i don't I, I don't mean to say female musicians and i just the reason why i say this is because unfortunately female musicians sometimes do not get the recognition that they deserve and i was going to say that with hannah too i was going to say like if i think if she were you know a male she would be skyrocketing much more like joe did yeah her name probably would be out there a little bit more than hers is yeah yeah and i hate to say that and and we focused a lot on and we didn't talk about this either we focused a lot on on the female musicians because the original plan was to release us back in march uh for women's appreciation (laughs) month that's why we focused on 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 female artists um and then we We never mentioned that but we're falling in love with them and we kept looking for more yeah. and and we just and, and honestly like like i just kept finding them like yeah. you know once it's kind of a a pandora's box once i opened the, the little door you know we just kept finding more right you know? and and they are ridiculously talented mm-hmm. because of the fact that the the way the show goes if you've ever watched the show when they do anything musically because wayne brady is a talented singer and musician himself a talented singer and dancer himself They'll play genre to genre to genre to genre. I can't even say the word enough times to just and and they. I think it's Linda, Linda Taylor plays uh, the guitar, the banjo, mm-hmm. the mandolin. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got all the instruments out there. She plays bass. Laura Hall yep. is strictly on piano, piano. and keyboard, but even mm-hmm. her talent is crazy, and yep. she actually has a group that. Um, I have to do some research on it where she teaches music. And I think in this way, like where you can uh, like improvise in this matter. Um, and, and, uh, L- Linda Taylor has a huge background too, but you just would never have known it. So right. I, I think I'm going to try to see if there's any information on them, but I wanted to bring them up. So if you ever watch the show, listen to them more closely and, and think about how they jump from hip hop, to R&B, to Broadway, to classical, mm-hmm. to hard rock, to heavy metal, to German yeah. metal, to like anything. It's just the fact that they jump around the way they jump around is just impressive. And and I love the fact that in this new, the other iteration with Aisha Taylor, whether they stopped it or not, I don't know. They acknowledge them far more than they did in the mm-hmm. past. And, and that I think is brilliant too, is that they, yeah. they are like, we wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for the two of them. 
you know so yeah just had to just had to share that little um because I've been watching Who's Line a lot lately because it's on HBO Max. <laughs> Not sponsored by HBO Max, but HBO Max, <laughs> if you hear us, we, we would happy, uh, happily accept. Um, Absolutely. Free HBO Max would be fine with me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I spoke a lot poorly and I read a lot poorly. Poorly. Um, yeah. It was one of those nights, but uh, it, it, it was, it was great. And you know, you forgot I was here, so that's okay too. You didn't introduce me at the beginning. <laughs> that's true um, yeah. I was just devastated the whole entire time I decided to just not be able to read or speak <laughs> uh, we are going to have an interview for the next episode we're going to get back into that Yep. Um, do we know who it is yet or are we still uh, on the fence uh, so as long as you're still open to the, uh, the agreed upon time uh, my coworker Nick is going to come and uh, talk a little bit about music and we'll learn more about him. I'm not gonna. I don't want to ask any questions. Yeah, so I will, yeah. He's yeah. he's he's a wonderful storyteller. So that's fantastic. I always joke around. We we used to have lunch and learns um, every Friday at twelve o'clock, uh, and I, I always joke that we need to have story time with Nick because every every day he's got some story and it's they're all hysterical, and he he's he knows how to tell a story. Is it gonna and, be a long episode? Uh, we it, it might be like a four part episode with him. I'm totally cool just, with that. Yeah, we'll bring so, him back, and we'll just yeah make yeah. him talk. And he is he is a wealth of knowledge uh, awesome. musically. He's he's into so he he's a little bit of drums bass um, back when he was in high school, but he's very much into like the punk ska oh, scene. Nice. Um, and he is he has a meticulously cre- curated uh, MP3 collection where he goes out and you know buys the CDs, you know converts them to MP3 lossless. Um, and like he, like he goes out and finds like these really rare, like punk covers. That's and cool. Like, so he was telling me about this one, like 10 disc set that he found that took him like years to find. So, um, so he does that and, and he has been literally all over the world. Um, so he knows a lot about like, you know, metal music from like Russia and oh, like, I can't wait. So oh, he's, he's a linguist too. So he's, he's, he knows Farsi and Arabic and a whole bunch That's of other languages. Amazing. So, so he's going to be real interesting to talk to. Um, we may I have to do a few episodes English. just to time to talk about the different things is, <laughs> yeah, I hope we have some music queued up that he can talk about. Absolutely. We'll or, make sure we have everything. Like make like a little for playlist it. of some of this. Oh, stuff. absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. I look forward yeah. to it. it. Will he be yep. joining you in your location, or will he doing? He'll his... be joining me here, um, and I'm making him dinner. And uh, I hope. Oh, that's hopefully. so sweet. I know that's, it's that's really nice. Uh, I yeah, I figured like because he's you know we work together, so he'll are probably you, just are you gonna pair it with a nice wine? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a big root beer guy, so I have a couple different kinds right, of root beer. So you're gonna pair a root beer? <laughs> I will. I'll pair it with a nice root beer. That's fantastic. I'm gonna have to find a root beer because now. I don't drink. I have no idea what to pair with my food. I have no idea. <laughs> you want a coke or a water? Like that's that's my, that's a choice in my house. So it's awesome. I look forward to that. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. And then uh, I think uh, after that episode, oh wow. Is that the is that, is, that's the Rachel episode, isn't our, it? The Rachel. I think Kermak? we're oh, bringing boy. Rachel back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Cool. So, we'll we'll talk more about that in the next episode. We'll we'll, we'll I can finally share my opinions uh, on Dave Matthews. and she 
And have we and been- notice I have not complained, so I am saving yet another no, complaint that's good. for that episode. You're, you're cashing them in. They're not, you haven't cashed them in yet. You're holding them in. Yep, um, holding them in. Has she been listening to uh, saxophonists? Um, honestly, I don't think so. She, um, to tell a little story, she... Uh, if you follow her on on um, YouTube, you'll see that she actually just got a brand new banjo. Um, so she learned banjo from uh, Jim Panky, who is a, a YouTube banjoer, and um, she didn't know. You know, when you're when you're new to the instrument, you don't really know what to look for in an instrument. So right. they kind of worked together, and she said, "Listen, can I send you a banjo?" He actually recommended the banjo and said, "Hey, can I send it to you? Check it out. If you think it's worth it, great. I'll, I'll buy it." Um, so she sent it to him, drove down to, to his house and they jammed for like three days on the banjo. She put a couple of videos up about it, um, and then drove it back home. So she's been like in banjo heaven since, that's awesome. um, since she came back. So, so we need to then just bring up some saxophonists. Actually, that artist that we found, the young lady, yes. we should bring yes. that up or have her listen to it ahead of time. Yep. And then I want her to lo- uh, learn the song on the banjo. I've got a brand new pair of roller skates okay i want her to learn that because it just that popped into my head when you said she got a brand new banjo <laughs> <laughs> um awesome i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be great yeah, me too if, especially if kyle remembers who i am next week when uh next next episode when we record jeff right yeah, jeff that's what that's what the j stands for it's ej <laughs> no 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 it doesn't <laughs> awesome uh you got the closing I do have the closing, but you are having such a good time reading it. Oh, oh wow. Read it. Oh, okay, good. Excellent. What are we going yeah, out on? I'll, like, do we have a song we're going to go out on? Um, I'm going to throw um, either, I'm going to throw some acoustic uh, Hannah Wickland at Perfect. you. So either um, Ohio or, um, I don't know. Okay, so, so just continue listening after I do the closing so you can hear what, he, what Kyle chose. All right. Thank you for listening to Turn On The Music, the podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Follow us on Twitter at Turn On The Music and on Instagram at Turn On The Music Podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. And if you really want to help promote us, promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Kyle, you have a great evening. Well read, sir. Thank you very much. I can't wait till next week or next episode or whatever we record it. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one. You too.